Well, good morning and welcome back to the Bread Truck Monday podcast. It's post-Easter Sunday uh, morning, Monday morning. If our voices sound a little slow and tired. It feels like the bread truck ran us over. That's what what it feels like to me. Um, But no, this is a, if you want to see the inner workings of what it means to be a pastor, this is a a Monday that we, we we are praising the Lord for sure, but we're also praising the Lord that it's over, (laughs) in my opinion. But, um, but great Sunday yesterday, um, a weekend that I don't think we're going to forget for a while. I mean, honestly, incredible weekend. I mean, it really, really an incredible weekend, and we're we're gonna recap some of that today. Um, I know some people weren't able to be at Friday night specifically, mm-hmm. and so we'll kind of talk a little bit about that, and we'll we'll also get to the fact of just the Sunday morning, just a, you know, bursting attendance, people there, and and the excitement of that. Um, I had I had some failures though. <laughs> I had some, I had some fumbles in in, uh, in 2014. My Seattle Seahawks went to the Super Bowl, and. Uh, Everybody was saying that Peyton Manning was going to destroy us, right? That was the entire conversation the entire week. Peyton Manning's offense is going to get us. We kick the ball off. Peyton Manning gets the ball. Very first thing, we're expecting him to go down and score. The first snap of the Super Bowl, they snap the ball over Peyton Manning's head. (laughs) And it goes into the end zone for a safety. Essentially, that's exactly what happened to me yesterday. <laughs> like, almost to a T. Now, I'm not saying in any way I'm the Except Peyton, you're way more handsome. Than I'm not the Peyton Manning of, of worship or anything, but the literal first strum of Easter, I snapped a string and everything was downhill from there in terms of, of that moment. Because there, you know, you just don't you're not expecting it. You're not expecting yeah. any of that to happen. And so well, I got one question for you. Which string was it? The D. Oh, which, which I just always snap the G string. And yeah, well, like, hey, I just broke my G string. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always when you don't want to say that. that. <laughs> you don't want to say that from the microphone, obviously, when you're up there. Oh, I did. Practice. I've done it several times. <laughs> uh, I just uh, broke my G string. Sorry, I'll be right back. It was, I, I broke the D and uh, it was so weird because uh, I just kind of set my mind. Like I was like, I don't know what to do. Because I was like, either A, I have the, the band just keep playing and I like just walk off the stage. But think about that. If you're a yeah. new person coming to Easter service, then there goes the worship leader. <laughs> he's, he's like, carry on. Carry Nothing on. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. And uh, But Pastor Ben stepped up. He, uh, he ran and grabbed me a guitar. I have multiple guitars in my office. He grabbed one off the wall. The only problem with that guitar is I can't tune it because one of the tuning pegs is broken. So <laughs> I'm like, I was t- trying to tell him that when there's like a video going on and stuff. So he runs and grabs me another guitar. Then we didn't have a chance to obviously test that because we were right into the next song. So, so if you were in first service, man, you got to see uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. quite the ordeal. And me in a full body sweat is what, what, it, what it was. <laughs> Nothing that better. Happened. Nothing better than that. But man... It, it's just so funny. And, you know, I, I went home and I was like, man, it's, I make fun of people a lot on, uh, especially when it comes to sports that like, yeah. like a kicker, right? A kicker has one job. <laughs> you kick a field goal. That's it. Put the ball through the uprights. Yes, that's the that only is, job you have. That is your only job. And my only job on, on that portion of that moment was to lead us into uh, service. And I, fumbled the ball and kicked it kicked it into the bleachers so um so it was it was a rough rough going there some of that stuff i've been there some of that stuff absolutely cannot be helped and it cannot be prepared for you can't do it yeah there's absolutely nothing you can do um, about it and so yeah it was it just was a a tough tough go of it oh no we have a guest just walking into the (laughs) podcast can you believe this (laughs) 
preaching to preaching each to, other. This is Mike McCuller has just entered into the, the What's room. Up, Mike? He's he's oh Mike, thank you so he's, much. He's given us uh Dude. He's giving us his Amway business card yeah. here. He's bringing us uh, some some gift certificates here to to uh, some coffee, and, and he's gonna he's gonna sit. Down. You want to listen to us for a little while? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're talking about Easter here, Mike, and I'm sorry I don't have a microphone for you here, but we we do this podcast every single uh, Monday morning. It's called the Bread Truck Monday Podcast, and so you're now our first. Have you have we ever had like a guest nope. like sitting? No, most people see the on air sign and they go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's just ready to go. He, Mike, Mike is Mike. Mike has thoroughly progressed beyond that point. Yeah. So, <laughs> so long. So, so thank you for the gift. Yeah. Thank today. you so much. Awesome. Mike just gave us oh, each some. I've not been to Roslyn some Coffee Roslyn House Coffee yet, House so. gift certificates. Oh yeah, yeah. Heather did kids minute. Oh, thank you so much. I'll oh, give she that will to love her. that. She'll love that too as yeah. well. So. Three beautiful girls. Oh, she has to put up with me. That's the biggest <laughs> thing. And my wife has to put up with me. You're a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mike. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. So today, Mike, we're talking uh, about Easter Sunday. We're doing a little recap here. So what we do is we we record this every Sunday, every Monday morning, and then we put this out to the interwebs, the internet, and people can listen to it from 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 there. Uh, and they so listen to it on their phones. They listen on their phones and they listen on their computers. And so, uh, yeah. So welcome to the show. Welcome Mike. to the show. You're 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 in it right now. Um, but real quick recap. So Friday night, we also uh, had our Good Friday service that took place. And uh, sometimes there are things that happen in church that you don't plan for, and they go insanely well. Mm. You know, and that that was, a, I'm thinking exactly what happened on Friday night to some extent. We did plan, and we had some, uh, some framework for what that was going to be. But the way in which Friday went down, I, I said this to Ben afterwards, is one of the best things we've ever done. Honestly, one of the best moments we ever did. Isaac, can you kind of recap briefly what we kind of went through and what happened there on Friday night? Yeah. We had uh, basically looked at the perspective of Christ on the cross from seven different angles. So seven different witnesses who were there and saw Jesus on the cross. And um, we invited those folks to kind of get into character a little bit uh, without the costumes and uh, just imagine as if you were John, uh, the apostle at the foot of the cross, or Mary, the mother of Jesus at the foot of the cross, or the thief, uh, the one that got saved, fortunately for Greg, rather than giving him the other one. Um, but we asked uh, various few, uh, folks from the church who aren't um, pastors on staff or paid. Uh, we wanted to uh, let other people shine for that, and it gave us an opportunity to rest before Sunday. So they all did so well. Um, yeah. like It was in- absolutely incredible, giving them the reins to go ahead and take that by the horns and um, and, and preach uh, was, was awesome. And we entrusted them with that, and they excelled. Yeah, and, and just a little bit of framework to that. All that basically Ben sent out an email is like, here's what we want you to do. Say, I was there, give a little recap, and how in which your your character would have experienced the cross. That was basically it. I mean, there well, was we a little had bit- like an opening line and a, and a closing line that we kind of wanted everybody to use to just give people uh, a, 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 some continuity throughout so yeah. that everybody was saying, I was there that Friday, and here's what happened. From my this this is who I am. I was there that Friday. This is what happened. And then at the end of their speech, they needed to say kind of a brief like, "This is what I learned from that. This is what I'll never forget." Yeah. And um, and so everybody kind of took that bookended framework and then filled in the middle with what their character would have experienced 
at the cross. And it's yeah. kind of funny. I was talking to a lady afterwards and she was saying to me, she's like, did you guys like, uh, like purchase this, this curriculum or yeah. purchase these, these speeches? Cause they were so well written. I'm like, no, <laughs> These are people yeah. from our church who they're just using what God had given them, the ability to share the, the, this message of what could have taken place on that Friday night. And uh, it was beautiful. We had uh, the the guys from Toast and Jam. Yeah, that was the, insane. The band was there. We had a, a, a cello player, violin, stand-up bass, bass yeah. upright bass. We had um, guitar. We had some piano going. And every single moment after they would finish a song, one of these people would come forward and share. And now I know some of you are saying, well, why wasn't it recorded? Great question. But because when it comes to uh, the Friday night before Easter, it's very hard to get tech staff for my, myself. And so um, that's what we didn't have with that. But here's the thing. It got me thinking about that. Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't, they, they don't like you. Um, but here's the thing about that, though. Um, sometimes you have to be present. You know, I was talking, I was listening to a guy the other day and he, he, their church is a pretty big church. And they've, they've decided to go away from having their live stream on their Sunday morning. And the reason that that is, he's like, we want people here. And as much as we can put out a good product on, on online, we want a great product in person where people are going to get a chance to experience the, the community of faith and not saying that we're going away from that. We have a great group of people that are listening online. So we're not, and then watch with us every Sunday morning. So we're not striving to go away from that, but some of the things you got to be here for, you got to be mm -hmm. here for it. And I'm sorry to say that that's the case. And so we had, we had like 270 people here. I thought it was going to be 200 <laughs> and, and we had three little babies in the nursery and, and people were getting a chance to experience that, that good Friday service. Beautiful service, especially when uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, came oh, up and man. spoke. Man. I was like, she's almost too believable. Yeah. Um, I mean, my whole row was look, reaching for the Kleenex. Uh, the, right. the, the woman that um, was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Yeah. Brandy. Brandy's her name. So she, yeah. she acted out as, as if she was uh, uh, Jesus and just kind of... And one of the things I liked how she ended is like, and, and he's gone. He's gone. Mm. He is no more. He is no more. And I was like, oh my Dang. God. Yeah, that was, that was insane. Because we always want to jump to, oh, he's resurrected now. But this is a perspective from Friday, not Sunday. Yeah. Well, because some people took the perspective of like, I'm up in heaven and this is like, everything worked out fine, you know, like after the fact. But right. she was just like, no, this is still Friday for me. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy Friday. powerful. And he's gone. Yeah. yeah. So it was beautiful service. Um, something we just, we started last year with this kind of Good Friday uh, experience. And every year we're going to keep this going. It's something that we're, we're, uh, we're blessed to do. Um, and we're, well, it'll be different. It'll be different each year. We're going to try to figure out some, some new ways to be creative. We have 361 and a half days in order to figure out what the next uh, Good Friday was, is going to look yeah. like. But man, yeah. be here. I, I want to hear Mike's take on Friday. Was, he, was Mike there? No, as a matter of fact, you I, weren't there on Friday. Oh, you weren't there? Uh, no, I was. Uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, down at Vicks. <laughs> and, uh, That's a tavern, by the way. Don't don't don't, don't make fun of me. I, I, I just had a few drinks. <laughs> can you get? Can you get? Can, can you, you pick up his glasses? glasses? His glasses fell on the ground there. Oh, I want to tell you this: the folks that sat in front of me, Ted, and his wife. Yeah, Darlene. Darlene. Yeah. He said he turned to me and he said, "You really missed it." And I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Friday night." And he said, uh, "They had all these people stand up and do this." Uh, and I said, "Oh my gosh!" And I said, "My only question is, who was the weatherman?" 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was John, the Apostle John. And did he give a weather report? <laughs> he did not. We, we did have Bob Shaw. Bob Shaw well, was Bob up Shaw there. Bob Shaw did not say, my name is Apostle John, and it looks sort of cloudy today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been awesome. But I, I heard that, that I really missed out, and I'm sorry I did. Yeah, that yeah. was a beautiful service. Boys, I'm going to let you have it. Hey, thank you, Mike. Thanks Appreciate for stopping you. by, man. Thanks, Thanks for, for stopping gift. in. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I just love to come in and interrupt. Oh, well, we appreciate <laughs> we love you, man. Yeah. No, so it, it, it was really great. Especially no. having Bob Shaw up there was awesome. No, I told Bob, I was like, Bob, what you need to say, your opening line is, I'm John, the Apostle John, and let me just tell you, that Friday was not a sparkling day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that that's his line. Like he like Central Oregon, you can you can buy Absolutely. mugs that say have a sparkling day because that's what he always oh, says. Like that's his signature day. line. And I'm like, this was the darkest day in history. Like it was not a it was yeah. not a sparkling day. But he he did an awesome. amazing job. Well, thank you, thank job. you, Mike. Blessings, Michael. Have a great Thanks day, for coming Mike. in. Appreciate yeah. you. Yep. Um, so yes, yeah, so Friday night was a great recap, and, and that and that was something I said. You would need to be here next year and the next time we do that. Um, and it, we had we had a couple little little things in there that were kind of funny though, if you if you really think about it. The the band didn't realize that one of the speakers needed to come up on stage, and so so I had to run down there and get Bob, and Bob's just sitting there for a second. He goes, okay, <laughs> and and then he headed up and just yeah. no notes. Yeah, no, that was amazing. No notes, just straight from memory. Straight from memory, like in person. Yeah, in My, character. Michael Franzone went up there, had notes, did it off memory. Yeah, right to it. I mean, uh, these guys I spent mean, some time. Yeah, and gals working on this and yeah. polishing it up. So Good Friday was an awesome experience. And Why do you think it? So what made it so awesome? You guys think? I think the thing that made it so awesome was the fact that when, when you see and you start putting yourself potentially in that space. Of like I if I was there that's what I would have experienced that and we again we didn't have him in costume mm-hmm. we 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 had him in character but we didn't have him in costume and you can, especially when you, somebody like like a mom goes up there mm-hmm. and starts saying things that they would have experienced and and like I mean I was already getting teary when Simon of Cyrene went up there right mm-hmm. that a guy that like you could really imagine he wasn't asking for any of that no. you know <laughs> Yeah. He was just there, and they grabbed a hold of him, and like you're, you're going to carry the cross of Jesus, you know, and and, and so the weight of his burdens, some term mm, that Chris that used, a, and that was just like such a powerful metaphor. Mm-hmm. I could feel the weight of his burden. Wow, yeah. Yeah, that was powerful. Yeah. Did, all the people that spoke <clears throat> did a fantastic job, and um, you know, and and I think I talking with a with with one or two of them, the people that spoke, I think there's a. Howard Hendricks used to teach at Dallas Theological, and he, he used to say to, te- Howard. to yeah, to teach is to learn twice. And uh, there's something really cool about um, when you are the one to present and speak and teach, you go deeper than you would ever go by listening to somebody else mm-hmm. teach. And so there's a powerful process of exploration, discovery, and learning that uh, I hope all the people that got to do that got to experience. And I know that's not new to those people. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. But, but there is something pretty profound about um, diving into the Word that deeply to be like, okay, if I was there, to get yourself in a first-person character like that, mm-hmm. if I was there and I was this character, what would I have experienced yeah. at the cross? And I think the process was powerful for the people that did it, clearly because their, their notes that they wrote their speeches were amazing mm-hmm. um, and very, very much in line with what those people must have 
been experiencing. So, well, and historically accurate too, as well. Yeah, I mean, speaking exactly. about like, I mean, when uh, Michael was doing the Joseph and Mary of Thea, he's talking about like, I was part of the council. Yeah. You know, I was, I was the one who went and talked to Pilate. I mean, you look through the book of Luke, that's exactly what happens, you know? Right. So he's speaking in a way that's very historically accurate to also what would potentially experience yeah. in and that Jeremy, moment. a day in the life of a centurion. You yeah. can tell he did some research on that. Yeah, yeah, how many how many soldiers he would have been overseeing right. and, and what a normal day of a crucifixion would have looked like. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. so it was really, really beautiful. And and again, I think the way and then having the music tie into that and then and just kind of it was just it was smooth. You know, it was mm-hmm. a smooth flow that that took place. And I, and I said, as, as I was I walked out of the, the sound tech room afterwards, every person just came up, and started hugging me and they're like, that was beautiful. And I'm like. I have nothing to do with it. There was a, there's <laughs> yeah. people that I think part of like what makes that so cool is the fact that like people can look up there and they can be like, that's me, you know, like that's that's one of my guys. It's not like a paid higher up seminary trained person. It's like I know mm-hmm. that person and um, they're sharing from their heart about Jesus. And I think that's a really powerful concept. It helps build community when you can get someone up there who would never normally be on the stage, go up there and, and teach other people. Um, their own people. Um, I think that's a powerful way to build a sense of um, community in a place. Um, and it, and you know that can't happen every week necessarily, but when it does, it's a really neat reality of the church as a body. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then we moved on to Sunday. Sunday, mm-hmm. despite despite some of the blunders that took place, God God was good mm-hmm. even when we're not good, mm-hmm. right? And and it was um, an incredible morning for Sunday morning yesterday. Um, when, when I came to work here, me, me and pastor Ben, we had some conversations. We sat down we said, you know, where, where can we see like high lakes going, right? Mm-hmm. We were in the high school and, um, it wasn't that we were plateauing, but I think the fact was, is like the high school had hindered us. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just a fact. So we had talked about that and, and our dream, the facility, the itself, facility yeah. not the school. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. The facility itself had, had kind of hindered us because people were like, it's not our space. It's not something we can be, uh, that we can own. Right? It's not home. It's not home. And so when we started dreaming about what, um, this building could look like, we said, you know, we want it to be a place that we can fill up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we, we wanted to make it really big, right. That was our original thing. And then we had to scale down because of cost, but our entire idea was it'll take us a while mm-hmm. to fill that up. We had those conversations around the <laughs> table. Okay. Yesterday in first service, 9 a.m., 326 people in, in first service, 47 kids, eight babies. Dang. A total of 381 in first service. And we told people to come to 11. Yeah, we told people to we come to second, come, but, service. second service. Which Sec- that number is potentially higher than any service we had besides Easter, like two years ago, probably. Yes. I mean, 380. Com- combined. 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 Yeah. yeah. Combined. That would have been, a, that like would have been two years ago. Two years was... ago. Yeah. Second service, 11 a.m., 365 in service, 63 kids. Wow. And there might've been even more than that because there were some that came late. Uh, Heather said it might've been closer to 71 kids, eight babies, 436 in that service. And so you think about the amount of people, and again, we only bring these numbers up because every number matters. And I'll speak to that specifically. We had three baptisms, especially mm-hmm. take place in second service, yeah. which was, I love it when the surprise baptism happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of my like favorite things. Yeah. And, and I, you can see it encourage the congregation too as well. Yeah. Like Hector just hopped up there in his jeans. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris yeah. gave me the nod and he's like, this guy's coming up. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah. 
And um, so I introduced him to the congregation, baptized him on the spot, fully clothed. I mean, it just, my invitation was just simply, do you want to invite Jesus in today? Yeah. Bottom line, you know, he's not going to force his way in. You got to invite him in. And yeah, man, he just pops up first time in church mm-hmm. that I know of. Yeah. He, he's been coming to basketball mm-hmm. uh, and, and he's been a part of the recovery stuff. And he's, he's, he was playing basketball with us last Sunday and he's like, I'm, I'm excited about being here and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And to then step into church that first Sunday morning to say, yep, I need to say yes to Jesus. Yep. I need to invite him in. I need to be be giving my life to Jesus. Wow, mm-hmm. what an amazing thing to to see people uh, give their life to Jesus in that way. And and you know, again, I think it also helps the congregation as well for those who have been Christians for a really long time. Yeah. And you're like, well, we just never see people come to the Lord. You know, <laughs> whatever you kind of get the Eeyore attitude. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, people are coming to the Lord. Amen. Like right, like right then they're saying, I, I need Jesus in, in my life. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, the Easter Sunday morning for, for us, I said, if you really look at the, the grand scheme of things, it's the biggest service we've ever. Oh, by far. We've ever by had. By a lot. By a lot. Yeah, by a lot. a lot. Yeah. And usually we do see a bump each year, just a little bit more each year. But this was beyond any of our expectations. I want to shout out to um, the fact that all three baptisms that we did yesterday None of them were performed by pastoral staff members. They yeah. were performed by church members who were doing the work of evangelism, mm-hmm. um, reaching out to people they were um, building relationships with and baptizing them into Christ. And that is 100% the body of Christ fulfilling the Great Commission, mm-hmm. going out and, and doing that work. And, you know, Buck Howell baptizing two uh, young people that... Uh, think have been part of sports teams he's coached and, and uh, other ways that he's had uh, friendships with these young people. Um, just a, an awesome, awesome testimony to his work and also to, you know, these young people saying, hey, I don't care what the world says. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to follow Jesus. And that was really cool. Another thing that happened yesterday that was Exciting that most people don't don't know because I, I I never do this I never have a silent altar call, or a silent or I kind of like a blind altar call, mm-hmm. where I ask people with eyes closed and heads bowed throughout the room if you want to accept Jesus raise your hand, and I never do that because I don't believe in clo- closet Christianity and I don't believe in closet conversions. This the decision to follow Jesus has to be it's got to be public, and um, I think those decisions that are made in public stick. But yesterday, I just kind of was like gauging everything, and I did this first service, not second service, and just asked people to raise their hand. Um, at least two people did, and then I said, I want you to do something bold after service. I want you to come and meet me at the Welcome Center so I can talk with you a little bit more about the decision you just made. Yeah, And I had so two cool. two people came to me. Uh, at those, the, those two people came in forward. Yeah, not, not the awesome, people. So it's, you know, the three that were baptized plus two more that will... Uh, Lord willing, in the next uh, week or two, um, take the plunge as well. So cool. uh, to see um, brand new people that have never been here before, I think uh, four out of the five um, people that came to Christ yesterday, it was their first time in our church. Um, mm-hmm. So and that's that's awesome to mm-hmm. see you know the gospel just being presented to people and people saying, yes, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. Well, and again, you speak to that testimony of having, you know, guys like Buck Howell and guys like Chris 
um, be the ones who do the, do the baptizing. Because as we've been talking about this as well, we want to have them, once they step out of the water, have people that are immediately Absolutely. ministering to them. Well, that's already happening mm-hmm. with, with these people. The, the discipleship is already taking place. They're already experiencing uh, what it means to yeah. have an accountability person mm-hmm. right there present with them. And, and they're going to need it. Yeah, right, because the, yeah. the world's going to come at them fast. We talked about this before, but that now the temptation is going to yeah. be real. The the attack is going to be real yeah. um, because of the fact that they've chosen to say yes to Jesus. And, yeah. and I think <laughs> even in a minor way, you know, my string breaking, the, Satan will try to, you know, derail Sabota- you, sabotage and sabotage you, and try to and try to push you, push you like uh, aside, and and you know, we need to hold, hold fast and hold strong to what, what God has for us. And so, yeah, I said, I mean, when you think about what, um, what Sunday morning on like Easter can be, you know, it it is something that we, we get a bump of people that come once a year sometimes. And, but our prayer is we want you back. Mm-hmm. Not because it's just a number, but because of the fact that we know that this is the best life for you. And it's not just a matter of, hey, come once a year and, and that's that gets your fill. But And it was amazing. I mean, the sheer number of people that I did not recognize. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I and we, we strive to know people. That's one of our goals. We we like try to know people by name. I think there was... Oh, 50% of the people there, I had no idea who they were. Yeah, no idea who they were. Um, which, which is awesome. I mean, that's how... Um, you know, I, all I can say is, um, we don't, I've said this a million times, we don't create the wave, we ride it. Right. And God is doing a work here. He's doing a work in our city, our community. He's doing a work in people's hearts. And I have no other way to describe this other than there's revival that's taking place. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not the kind of, not, I'm not putting Asbury down by any means, but it's, it's, it looks different here than it looks there, but the Lord is on the move. So so, what do we do now? Oh, gosh, <laughs> pray, pray. <laughs> I mean, really, pray and pray, and we've got to um, we got to pray and we've got to plan. Yeah, I think those two things: we pray and we plan, and we continue to preach. Three P's. See, there's a preacher wow. right there. Pray, plan, and continue to preach you, the word. You guys listening wonder, you know, why do we have this pastor, and why why is he so great at his job? Because he can make alliterations, alliterations in a matter of seconds on the spot, on baby. The spot, he just did a, a, the PPP, and not the one where you get referred to COVID. But uh, he, what was it? Pray, prepare, plan, plan. No, pray. I already forgot it. Pray, pray, plan, plan, preach, preach. Uh. Uh. Write it down. <laughs> wow. Well, we do. I think we have to figure out where do we put people, you know, and 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 then, you know, continue to ride the wave and continue to do what the Lord is blessing, yeah. clearly, you know. And um, if he builds it, it's going to succeed, and he's building it. Yeah. So, um, well, and, and yesterday's sermon was it was a really really good one. It, it spoke to the fact of just yeah, letting letting Jesus in and inviting him in, into your life. You, I got a bone to pick with you though. You went right after me with the Oregon Ducks. Uh, pretty upset about that. You didn't say the the, the thing I said in second service. Though. No, I, I I was running out of time, and I, I just uh, I had to. I had to kind of make some adjustments on the fly. So. It felt bad. Did, did you said people got up and walked out? Like there were like four there people that got up and walked that, out. Ah. I was like, that's a pretty convenient bathroom break right there. Yeah. Just because I'm dissing the ducks. They, they, and and I was looking at each other, be like, another one bites dust. Gone. <laughs> Never to come back. G O N. 
They're, they're gonna. Some pastors worry about saying something that's politically incorrect and losing congregants. If I rail on the if if I if I say anything against ducks or beavers, then I am like I lose congregants. So it's yeah. just that simple. No, that's so. fine. Now, it, it, it is true. I mean, like when you your whole uh, premise was unbelievable but true, right? Yeah, that right. that when it comes to the resurrection. It is an unbelievable uh, yeah. event. And I call it an event because it's the greatest event right. that has ever happened. The fact that uh, a, a man, a God, came back to life in this way mm-hmm. and the unbelievable nature of that. Um, and so you kind of hit on this point that is the resurrection believable? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was basically kind of where you went with that. Um, Isaac, for you, when you when you start thinking about... Uh, I was, one of the questions in our life group um, curriculum this week is... When you first heard about the resurrection, now you probably were very little, but um, what'd you think about it? What did you, do you, do you even remember mm. back far that, how far back that was? And, or even like when it started to really take uh, shape in your mind? I don't think I ever really thought critically about it until, um, until um, I had to like defend it for some reason. I think it just, I kind of took it as truth and then, um, had a really close friend in my life who was questioning their faith. And that's when I really started digging into asking like, all right, well, I believed all this stuff. My dad was a pastor. So is it legit? And when I started digging into it, that's when I was like, well, I believe it, but now I know why I can believe it. Like it's better than any other alternative. So yeah. you look at the evidence at hand and ask which one has the most explanatory power and the best explanatory scope for the events and for the evidence at hand, and the resurrection definitely takes the cake on that. I mean, if we're talking strictly evidence-based kind of stuff, like that's what struck me was like, wow, this like, there is not a better option for what would have happened to Jesus's body than he rose from the dead, which is crazy to say, but like you look at it and that actually makes sense. And then on the other level, it's the, 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 the difference it makes in our life, the fact that he actually rose from the dead and the difference that makes, you know, we talked a lot about hope yesterday and the hope of the world versus the hope of the resurrection. And the difference with the hope of the resurrection is that it's a, it's a reality now. It's not so much a hope to be had later, which it is that, but it is also a present reality to walk in and live in now Mm -hmm. that we have gone from darkness to God's marvelous kingdom of light. And that's a, that's something we can enjoy right now. Yeah. Well, and Ben, you dealt with a couple of uh, reasons, I guess, that it could be believable, right? The idea that um, it was women who are telling this testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the fact that why would you write the Gospels and have it end with, and then he died? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and that's a great point. Why? I mean, so when it comes to the resurrection, is it believable, Ben? And and why? what was kind of your points with that? Yeah, the first one was just that, that the Gospel writers included details. I mean, the overarching principle is that the gospel writers included details that did not sell the resurrection well and to, to, a, to a skeptical audience. And the first thing is that women were the first witnesses. And in the first century, you wouldn't have chosen them. If you were making the story up, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have chosen them to be the first witnesses. You'd have chosen a a, a high-ranking, well-respected male, that's what you would have picked to be the first witnesses to the resurrection. So that's number one. I think um, when the women did report it to a respectable male company, they all said, you're crazy. Then they told the women, it, you're, 
no, this didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so their, their, their initial response, even though they'd seen Jesus do miracles, their initial response to the report of an empty tomb and the report of a resurrection was their words seemed like nonsense to them, the women's words. And so the disciples' response is exactly as you would expect someone to respond. If you were to walk up to someone and say, hey, you know, Johnny over here, who we went to his funeral three days ago, he's alive. <laughs> They'd be like, no, he isn't. <laughs> That's not, that doesn't happen, you know? So, and then, you know, um, those, those things are true. And, um, and that's kind of where I went with that. Yeah. But, um, so including these details that don't really, well, and your, your point there well. was when in doubt, do what Peter did, right? Right. That he, he went and saw it for himself. Right. Now, I think there's even that, that whole part where maybe Peter didn't even believe right at that mm -hmm. moment, you know, sure. he saw the clothes and he's like, ah, this is still really, really weird. Um, and, and he didn't know what, what it even meant until Jesus really like shows up in front yeah, of him kind right. of a thing. Um, but he went and saw right. and, and doubt that's one of the things like, you know, when I was a youth pastor, one of the things that kids a lot of times would worry about is like, is doubt a sin, right? Am I, am I sinning because I have doubt? And like, no doubt should lead you to a place where you're searching out truth. You said this last week, but if all truth leads to Jesus, so when it comes to the, the way in which we're, if we're going experiencing a time of doubt, we shouldn't sit in it. We should try to find the answers, search it out, go, go looking to see like, what does history say? What does archeology span say? What does, um, those who are writing testaments about it, what do they say? And how does that balance out? Because when you look at the, the nature of what the Bible is, you know, it's true. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what, what points us to who Jesus really truly is. And so that was kind of your first thing. The whole idea, is it believable? But then you move to this idea that Jesus hasn't given up on you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's the part of the, of the message of Easter that is the most encouraging, obviously, mm -hmm. is that he hasn't given up on you because there's a lot of ways that you could look at the characters, um, especially Peter for specifically that he could have given up on him theoretically. But when it comes to this, this statement of you may have given up on Jesus, but he hasn't given up on you. What were you kind of pointing with that, Ben? Yeah, just the two that were leaving leaving Jerusalem after Passover. They had had a report of a resurrection and an empty tomb. Do you tomb. think one of them was Peter, by the way? I don't. You don't? Okay. Because there's a weird statement there at the end where it's like, and he, and he appeared to Peter. Yeah, I, I can get to that. I can address that. But uh, um, I his the historical... Um, traditional identification of these two is that um, Cleopas, who is named, um, the early church father Eusebius said that the Cleopas was Joseph, um, Jesus' um, earthly father's uncle. Hmm. And, um, and so, um, and it doesn't say whether they're both male or one's a male, one's a female. And I think um, my take on it is, uh, I think that it's a husband and wife. Hmm. myself. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's Cleopas and his wife, but uh, she's not named. Um, but there's no way to know who they were. But they were leaving Jerusalem um, after Passover. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was actually still going on <clears throat> during this time. Um, it was a seven-day feast, and it began with Passover. They left early. And so they actually left before the Passover was finished. <clears throat> Would that have been allowed? That's a good question. I, I, I'd probably need to do a little more work on that. Mm -hmm. um, I know you have to eat in Jesus' day, you were required to eat the Passover inside the city walls of Jerusalem, which is why the population of pilgrims from all over the Roman Empire would cause that um, 
population in Jerusalem to um, swell to millions. Yeah, right. But um, but the Feast of Unleavened Bread is a continuation kind of of Passover, and um, it's still a time of feasting, but um, the actual Passover meal is eaten on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So um, anyway, so they're, they're leaving, and, and they've had a report of an empty tomb. They've had a report of a resurrection. Um, um, uh, the women went to the tomb, etc., and they still said, well, there's no evidence that either one of these people went to the tomb themselves. They just left. They're like, yeah, okay. And to me, that's kind of a lazy approach. And, um, and so they're leaving, they're walking, they're going home. They're going home to their house, we assume, to Emmaus. And, um, and my point with that, and my point with the whole ducks versus beavers story was, Boo. If, you leave, if you leave the game just because it looks like there's no possibility of a comeback, it's a hopeless thing, and you turn the game, turn the game off or you leave the game, um, this is where these two people are. They're, they're saying, there's no hope, it's over. My team can't come back, and uh, so I'm going to leave. And Jesus literally runs them down, <laughs> mm-hmm. literally runs them down from behind, which is just the text says that uh, uh, you know that Jesus actually overtook them in their walking from behind mm. and walks up alongside of them and just starts asking questions. What are you talking about? What's what's going on? You know, and I I love how he's just kind of nonchalant about it. But he runs them down. And so that's the whole idea of Jesus hasn't given up on you, even though these two gave up on Jesus, gave up on the resurrection, assumed it could not be true, and just left. Wow. So anyway, yeah. And so that's that's the idea is like Jesus is still chasing down skeptics. Yeah. Um, that are walking away in disappointment and and skepticism. Yeah. And uh, I know there were people like that here. Someday. So just briefly, when it comes... So there's this whole statement that he appeared to Peter. What, what, do you, what do you think happens there? Yeah, so at the end of the passage, we didn't get that far in yeah. the preaching. Um, we told the, the story up to that point. But when these two finally do realize that it's Jesus that's walking with them, um, and Jesus uh, does a, a disappearing act and... Uh, <laughs> breaks the bread, disappears. Yeah, breaks the bread. They realize who he is, they, and, and he disappears. They're like, oh my goodness, that was Jesus. And so they 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 hightail it back to Jerusalem, which is seven miles. They've just walked seven miles to Emmaus. Now they're in Emmaus. Jesus appears. They hoof it seven miles back, find the disciples that are all gathered together. And it says that the actually the the words are confusing because I think the NIV probably brings it out as well as any, but the NIV tries to get to the tries to get to the heart of it here. And it says, um, they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found uh, the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has appeared to Simon. Um, so they appear, they, they, they show up to the 11 and the others that are gathered with them. And the 11 are saying, Jesus has appeared to us. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. it's, it's the other way around. I got you. So the other way around. It's not the two that are reporting first. Okay. When these two break through the door and they're like out of breath and they're like, oh, you're never going to believe it. And the rest of the group says, he's alive. We saw him. Wow. And Peter saw him. And these two then confirm it in verse 35. Then the two told what had happened on the way. Okay. And how Jesus was recognizing, recognized to them in the breaking of bread. So Jesus had appeared to Simon... Um, sometime between when these two left Jerusalem in the morning, 
So Jesus was busy all day popping yeah. in and appearing to people, well, for, and he appears to Simon before he appears to these two. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, and then he was buried and he raised on the third day according to Scripture. He then appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, Peter yeah. and, and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. Right. So Jesus was just like popping around all over the place. Yeah. He was he was out and he was go, he was about at that point uh-huh. and everything yeah, exactly. and stuff. So, wow, what a, what a, an amazing uh testament that these people, these guys on the road to Emmaus experience. So you ended the sermon with this idea of that we need to let Jesus in. That we can only fully experience uh his goodness by mm-hmm. allowing him in, into our life and yeah. we t- kind of talked about this earlier, but that's how these people who have decided to say yes to Jesus said yes to Jesus yesterday, you yeah, know. And yeah, exactly. um we're praying for more. Mm-hmm. We're praying for more people to have that same response and that out of this moment of, of Easter, that's the thing that I prayed for uh, before service specifically a lot was that this would be a catalyst moment, that mm-hmm. people w- would hear the message of, of the gospel and it would not be just something that goes in one ear, out the year, one mm-hmm. ear because you hear the same thing every single year, but rather that this is a moment saying, yes, I need to let Jesus into my life. And um, for those who got baptized, that is a catalyst moment, Absolutely. no doubt about it. But um, that's our hope, is that the fullness of Jesus is experienced when we invite him in yeah. and, and allow him to, to be the Lord of our life and allow him to lead. And so there's a lot of people we want to say thank you to, though, this, this uh, today, um, just because of in order to, to have a service, services like we had this weekend, um, you need to say thank you. I mean, I'm thinking about Dave Hall, guy that mm-hmm. stepped up and helped out with sound for the la- uh, those Friday night and as well as for Sunday morning. Um, think about Rita Trojan, mm-hmm. donut walling it up. Mm-hmm. Um, we did our second annual donut wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though... Six hundred donuts. <laughs> yeah, the four fifty. Four fifty. Four fifty donuts. Yeah, four hundred fifty donuts. But still a lot of donuts. Yeah. Richard's donuts uh, hooked us up with, with those. You can sponsor us if you want, to, Richard's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people like like them uh, that that helped us. Nita out. Palmer and the Cookie Crew cookie baked six hundred and some odd cookies. Yeah. last week. Amazing. Cookies Forty batches galore. or something. Yeah. People that cleaned up afterwards after mm-hmm. each event. I mean, these are people that that we're so grateful for. But I really love seeing. Um, Jerry Scott, he uh, he it's stepped a member up. of our he's, week. Member of our uh, week, yeah, member of the week. Jerry Scott here, and Lori's awesome too. Lori, shout out to both of you. But Jerry stepped up, and he saw a need for helping people find seats, so he just stepped up, and he has such a gift for that. It was amazing. I mean, he was opening the door for people, watching them come down the hallway. He already knew where the seats were going to be. He'd walk them right to him. Super nice. Happy Easter. Can I find you a seat? He did really good. So I appreciate you, Jerry, for stepping yeah, up. Yeah, thank you so much, that. Jerry. He's like a month out or a month and a half out from some serious brain surgery, his yeah. second one in his life. And he's just serving the Lord with so much vigor. I love watching Amen. that. Yeah. Even, even in the midst of unhealth, which and he's, now he's, and he's always up, filled with joy. Oh yeah. He's just laughing. He always has that, <laughs> that, yeah. that cackle that, that he has. And, and thank you so much, Jerry. We, we appreciate you. Pretty good. That was almost exactly there. how he was a pretty good impersonation there. <laughs> um, so the, uh, next week is going to be an interesting one. We're going back in time next week in terms yes. of the sermon yes so we went uh up to v- chapter eight just so ben knows because the last time he was saying chapter seven he didn't know what chapter we were in no we're past that now <laughs> no no we were in chapter eight we're going now we went to chapter 22 now we're coming back uh this next week yeah. um so if you have been following along with our follow jesus series uh whether that's uh following on youtube or even on our facebook mm-hmm. account uh feel free to to get yourself reacquainted uh, with chapter eight and chapter nine, because um, where where are we going this week, there, Ben? Yeah, we're going to talk about three miracles that Jesus performs, nice. uh, both the uh, calming of the storm, um, the healing of the gathering demoniac in uh, Luke the 
the latter half of Luke 8. And then finally, the raising of, um, of Jairus, the synagogue ruler's daughter at Capernaum. And uh, so three miracles. Those are massive stories. Um, yeah. So <laughs> how are you going to get through that? That'll take Isaac a, th- a three-hour oh, yeah. sermon. With that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll keep you in suspense. Keep for you, that. In, you guys <laughs> so, may not make your Gordy's reservations this week because no, I, I will. I will keep it to my normal allotted time, and uh, and uh, we're going to get through all three of those miracles, and then we're going to. There's a cool thread that kind of runs through all three miracles, and we'll tie it all together and put a nice bow on it, and uh, yeah. Awesome. That's the plan. Well, this episode's brought to you by the guys over at Ponderosa Pizza. They have their men's breakfast that happens, and that thing keeps growing. Oh, my goodness. I, I heard it they, was had, crazy. Like, they had 65 or something that were there on, on last, the first. Russ is going to have to take out a loan. Yeah. To get yeah. No more of that Unbelievable. Pizza. But they've that they place has just been bursting in all different denominations, all different backgrounds of people. Super cool. Take some time to worship the Lord and to hear from His Word, and that's happening every first Saturday of the month, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And that is a men's breakfast. Men's yeah. breakfast, yeah. pizza breakfast, one of a kind breakfast at Ponderosa. It's pretty dang amazing. And, and it's pretty yeah. dang amazing. But thank you so much <laughs> for joining us this week. And you said you get to experience what it's like to be a, a pastor on the, the first uh, Monday after Easter Sunday morning. Woo. Nap time. Nap time. Time to get some rest. We'll see you next week. <laughs>